Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench, episode number 36. Sorry, I'm just with you. No, I'm going to use it. I love it. <laughs> it's about time you start taking charge around here. Elvis loves it when I take a charge. Don't tell my wife, but I love that. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. Yeah. My name is Elvis Dahl. I'm Barbara Wojan. How's everybody? How the heck are you, Barb? You having a good week? No, I'm not having the best week. It's Christmas time and it's the end of November. We took the day after Thanksgiving off. So our clients want their teeth and they're pissed that they're late. And I've been getting my fair share of phone calls that have uh, been really fun. So I'm looking forward to a tall glass of wine tonight, going home and not thinking about dental for about two days. So I find it helps if you just don't answer the phone. Yeah, That's thanks. probably the best thing to do this time of the year. Are you guys closed the week of Christmas and New Year? No, we never close. Seriously? Not even on Christmas? Well, we close um, for two days, so Christmas Eve and Christmas. And this is the first time we've ever been closed for Christmas Eve. Really? I made an executive decision this year and said to myself, self, I'm going to close on Christmas Eve. So that'll probably kill me a little more, a little more slowly. But hey, what the hell? You guys give Waffle House a run for its money on its hours. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, enough about me and my whining. I'm sure everybody else in the industry feels the same way I do, though. No, we're all laid back. It's all real easy right now. It's all you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This week, we are starting an interview that Barb and I both feel very passionate about. You've heard us mention many times that we both sit on the board of the NADL, which is the National Association of Dental Laboratories. But today, we are joined by Bennett Napier and Bob Savage. Bennett is the shall we say, the executive director of the NADL, the NBC, and the foundation. And Bob, for the remaining part of this year, is the current president. For many who don't know what the NADL is or what they do, these two not only talk about that, but they also talk about why. So join us as we talk to Bennett and Bob. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Well, I'd like to welcome to the podcast today two individuals that really have a lot to do with our industry, and we thank them a lot for what they do. First off, we have Bob Savage from Drake Precision Dental Laboratories in Charlotte, North Carolina, also the current NADL president. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. And then with him, we have somebody, honestly, Bennett, I think when I first met you, I thought you were the president. But turns out you're executive director. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Bennett Napier from Partners and Association Management is the name of your company, correct? That is correct. Yes, Elvis. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, sir. So what I thought I would do is bring both of you on at the same time to kind of talk about, you know, Bennett, your role in the NADL. Bob, what's it like being a president? what kind of things the NADL is working on, and most importantly, the benefits of the NADL that we can let other labs know what the organization does as a whole. So let's start with you, Bennett. I find it interesting, and I know you probably get it a lot. 
I assumed you had a dental background before getting involved with all this. Did you? Uh, not per se. Appreciate one the opportunity to be on with Bob today, and uh, thank you and Barb for what you've done in launching Voices from the Bench. It's a phenomenal uh, outreach to the community, so we appreciate you know that you're doing this as volunteers, literally uh, Voices from the Bench. So we appreciate that it's it's, it's hit a a great nerve in terms of a lot of um, people and and. Uh, segments of our community who wanted and needed something of this nature. So y'all have done a wonderful job. So thank you for that first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be quick on this, but I think it's kind of funny, the kind of the the, the intro that you put on the table and I'll just give association management 101 real quick. So when people say, who's the president? So a lot of associations, the executive director, the title is president and CEO, and then the board president, in our case, is Bob, is the volunteer president. So a lot of boards, they'll say it's board, the board chairperson or board chair. So NADL's, you know, just a terminology standpoint, it's always been president and staff's the executive director. So that's every association looks at that differently in terms of terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but functionally, there's always a board volunteer who is effectively the, you know, leading the charge, if you will, which is Bob this year. And then staff, you know, executes on board actions. But the other piece of, you know, asked about as far as background, yeah, we I look at it from this standpoint. I know enough about dental technology in terms of building a crown to be dangerous, yeah. as Ricky used to say, <laughs> Ricky Braswell. And, um, you know, so it's I look at it from the standpoint, got a home repair, you bring in, you know, a contractor. When you've got an association, organizational management, nonprofit issue, you bring somebody who in who's been trained in association management. So most, most quite frankly, most associations, except for a few professions, generally the people who run them from a day-to-day standpoint are trained association professionals. So we have our own certification process for what we do, just like as covered uh, in the podcast, the Certified Dental Technician Program. And so uh, long story short, my background's in organizational association management, but my, my dental background started in 94. I served as executive director of the Florida Dental Hygiene Association for a number of years. In the late 90s, I uh, had the opportunity to effectively interview for the executive job, which in that case was managed by a management company as well at, the, at that time. And that person was retiring. And so um, I retired to, to be the executive of the Florida Dental Laboratory Association. And that's, that's what led to NADL. The NADL leadership, Florida, you know, has always been one of the larger state associations and mm-hmm. NADL leadership r- routinely would come to Florida's meeting. And that's how I met them, how they met me. And that that's where the NADL relationship started in that sense. So we have Florida to blame then. I was just going to say. So well, yeah, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, depending on how you look at it. Actually, you've got Richard Harrell to to blame because he's the one that hired me. So uh, he was the board president at the time and our incoming president for FDLA at the time. And um yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So, but yes, depending on how you look at it, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a great ride for me. I've loved it every minute. It's a great, it's a great community, as you both know, and you just the, the people are what make the difference. And this is probably, you know, be frank with you, it's just a, a great, you know, it's a family. It's a, it's a small industry, and you know, some people come and go, but there's a lot of uh, people who have been in the industry thirty, forty yeah. years or more, and yeah. uh, just you build up a lot of very good friendships and just because the people are just good people, you know, so that makes all the world a difference. Elvis and I are both on the board and, you know, we know you and Bob very, very well. And I would definitely echo that, you know, when you spend time with people and you're passionate about something, um, you know, you forge long-term relationships and 
I, I just think that personally and professionally that you've been amazing. Uh, I know a lot of things get blamed on you <laughs> uh, here and there politically. And um, I feel like it's, you know, mostly the board's decisions and it's the people that run the boards that make those decisions. And I just want to thank you for uh, what you do for us. Thank you. And Elvis, you might want to edit that out so we don't get in any trouble, but uh, I would like to acknowledge that. You know, what's funny is I got kicked off and I didn't hear anything that you said. Come on. I, I got it recorded. I'll find out what you said okay. later. Right. Just bleep the whole thing. So Bennett, when you got started, did somebody give you a crash course on dental laboratory technique and terminology? Or how did you pick all this up? Was it just over the years? Twofold. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't use this, but I do use this because I've got several cousins that are dentists. And even when I was growing up, I had other family members that were dentists. So at least I knew that part of the equation or at least some aspect of it. But I'm just like, pretty much like everybody else in the world, except for Barb, you know, growing up in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't know what a dental technician was, didn't know what what they did. But, you know, when I started working with FDLA, you know, obviously, you know, it was a pretty quick transition in terms of overall learning curve. And then when I started working with NADL, the good news of that is, you know, I had the opportunity being exec of FDLA for several years before t- taking on the NADL role. We knew as a, as a state affiliate, if you will, because at that time uh, in the late 90s, you know, the state associations and NADL were, were effectively what was called a federation. So everybody signed one check and then you were members of the state and national. So I saw that kind of governance structure from the state standpoint. And then, you know, when ultimately the membership through the House of Delegates in 1999 voted to dissolve that governance structure and become a policy-making board, if you will, smaller working board. I had the ability to go into that. So that gave me, to some extent, a leg up of, okay, where did we come from? Where do we want to go? And how do we make this happen? So uh, over the years, clearly picked up more, certainly subject matter expertise on dental laboratory technology in general. But you know, as you know, from a technical standpoint, we all start from scratch and uh, it's yeah. not a quick learn it. I'm no different. It took three to five years to pick up that very strong working knowledge of dental laboratory technology in terms of the technical aspects of what technicians do every day, but certainly the business aspects of how the marketplace runs and works. I was probably quicker on that piece of it just because that's my my background. And that kind of um, segues into the other gentleman that we have on the podcast, which is Bob Savage. I was curious, how did you end up in the dental industry? You've probably told me five times, but uh, maybe you can tell me again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and first, I want to echo the same thing Bennett said. Thank you both for, for doing this. I think it's an awesome podcast. I listen to it uh, every time the episodes Thanks. come out. You guys do an awesome job. So definitely thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, I guess like a lot of people, I ended up in the lab industry via family route, although uh, I came from a a different way on the in-law side. So Billy Drake is my father-in-law. And I, you know, as I was dating my wife at the time, I learned a little bit about what the laboratory was. You know, at first I looked at her as like, your parents like deal with rats and stuff like that. I had no idea that (laughs) even existed out there. I was, uh, I have a building science degree from from Auburn. So uh, I was in the construction side. I was doing project management for large building projects and things and uh, and talking with Mm -hmm. Billy. And at the time he was looking at building a new lab. The lab was growing and expanding and he was getting my input from a construction standpoint. And that just evolved into, he was pointing and going, Hey, here, this is where your office is going to be. 
and I would look at, <laughs> at my wife, Fabian, and I'd be like, is he serious about, you know, moving in that direction? Because it just, it, it seemed not a, a common path that, that I would have taken given my current career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as that kind of evolved, he, he made an offer um, from a job perspective to come in and start doing the purchasing side of the business. At that point, there was nobody really focused on that side of the business. So I kind of accepted the job and uh, moved into uh, the role of, of purchasing manager for the lab and, and had the opportunity, to, I guess, to slowly transition because I was able to build the new lab at the same time. So it was it was a good bridge between learning something new and learning something I was comfortable with. So it, it just made it very interesting to me. So you started there and then you moved your way up and you just kept moving forward. I mean, did you kind of like fall in love with it and the people, the art, what drew you into to a long-term career? Cause I know you're the COO or what is your title? Uh, um, CFO um, on the finance side, but like a, a lot of labs, I mean, you wear many hats in, in, in smaller <laughs> family businesses. And um, yeah. so I, I deal with a lot of different things, but yeah, I felt really, fell in love with it, it is a lot like construction in the sense that you're building substructures and veneering. And, and uh, so I took really what I learned in the construction side of project management of running a business and running an operation and really just applied it to custom manufacturing, which is in essence what, what we do. It's just you, you have all these great people with all these amazing skill sets. And it, it just fascinated me to watch what they did and then, you know, take the engineering piece and the things that I learned on the construction side and tried to to make things better without affecting the artistic side of it. So, yeah, it just became a, a cool, fun place to come to work every day. So as I as I listen to you articulate that, it's no wonder why uh, the technicians accepted you, because it sounds like you have a strong understanding of the art and what we do and putting it all together. I mean, in the dental lab technology industry, we eat our young. We definitely eat outsiders. So that's a um, pretty, pretty great story. So, Bob, have you ever sat at a bench? Did you ever have that skill set? So, so no, not from a standpoint of that I did it on what I'll call a productive level. I sure. When I first joined the business, and still today, if we're doing CE events and hands-on events, I always go out there and at least attempt to, to do the work. Um, so I've set teeth, I've built porcelain. Um, I've gone through some of the different PTC modules and stuff. Cool. And I guess kind of going back when I started college, I was actually an architecture major. So I like the art aspect. I like to create, I like to draw and those types of things. So I, I don't, wouldn't say I'm horrible at, at the technical work, but you <laughs> certainly do not want me doing it on a daily basis. I enjoy learning about it and, and at least attempting it, but certainly uh, never was able to do it on a productive level. Sure. Is your wife in the business? Uh, she was initially. Um, she was on the marketing side. So she, when she went to college, that was her focus. She wanted to come into the family business and Billy put her kind of on a marketing track from school and said that's what he would need as the business started to grow. So she was in here for a couple of years and then we started to have uh, children. And as you both know, I have five. So that <laughs> became her full-time job. And uh, so she's been away from the business uh, really since my first one was born. And so, so it's been, been a while since she's been here. 
So when did you start to get involved with the NADL or why did you get involved with the NADL? Um, Probably Billy Drake. If I had a guess, Bob, maybe I'm wrong, but I would have to give kudos partly to Billy Drake because I know he's always been involved in both uh, Cal Lab as well as NADL. So I could be wrong. Yeah, no, he's always, you know, felt very strongly about industry connections and whether it was the Southeastern NADL, the North Carolina Dental Lab Association, all those. He he was always gracious with his time. And, and as my mentor really here, I saw that and, and certainly felt that my involvement at, at whatever level I could potentially uh, attain was 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 fitting and, and he encouraged that and, and allows really all of us here at, at Drake to to really become involved with NADL or, or again the the state and local associations because he believes very strongly it makes for a better better community a better industry and to push things forward and uh, again I've always had that I guess bias towards doing this type of work and in you know, dedicating or, or using my time to to help further um, my career as well as uh, the industry as a whole. Yeah, I, I agree. I know I always agree, but I feel very passionate about that as well. And I know Elvis does. So um, I appreciate the answer. So can we switch? Uh, thanks, Bob. Can we switch back to uh, Bennett and uh, talk about what your role is with the NADL? When I first took over, uh, I, I'll quote Jim Gladwell because he, um, when I first took over, he said, "Oh, so you're the one who herds the cats." <laughs> so, um, yeah. the crazy, the crazy. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of truth, a lot of truth to that. But no, it effectively is NADLNBC and the foundation have grown, you know, in terms of their not only their their role, but certainly you know their outreach. You know, I've, I've clearly got a team of very highly skilled people that work with me every day. But all of us, regardless of what our title is from a staff standpoint, you know, work at the pleasure of the boards and effectively the governing boards of NADLMBC and the foundation set the strategic vision for each organization and effectively give us as staff the marching orders and we go execute. Each each organization is, you know, the three of you know, uh, because you are obviously leaders, but each have their unique mission. But those missions are tied intricately to, to, together to ensure that we're moving the ball forward to hopefully elevate the role of the technician and ensure that laboratories as a business can grow and become profitable entities now and in the future. And um, so, you know, we're, our goal is to execute on on those strategic visions. And, uh, and obviously, from a functional standpoint, me personally, a lot of my role is, is that kind of public outreach in the standpoint of working with allied dental organizations, government agencies, and certainly the state components and regional components and um, ensuring that, you know, I get out in the field and meet with them both at the member level and their, and also at their board level, you know, helping them with board governance issues at that stage as well. So it's a lot of things that we each individually tackle from a staff standpoint, depending on our roles, but we work very collaboratively together and, you know, and, and you know, again, the beauty of the success, I think, of the organizations is board volunteers and committee volunteers, for that matter, uh, across all three entities. You know, there's a lot of collegiality. Not every nonprofit. I mean, I know Bob for sure has served on a lot of nonprofits. I mean, the beauty of what makes this work for the laboratory community is everybody's generally rowing in the same direction, and so you can do a lot of things. You know, NADL as an NBC as organizations are small compared to a lot of national organizations just in terms of budget. But you know, the the talent 
and the passion that we have from volunteers allows us to kind of be a a pretty formidable, you know, organization because of the the talent of our volunteers. Wait, wait a minute, so. we're we're volunteering? What? I thought we were getting paid. <laughs> no, didn't hear. It's, it's true. Oh. It's, it's true. That's a true statement, though. What is NEDL's vision? What is its ultimate goal as an organization for the industry? Well, I mean, if Bob, if it's okay, I'll just answer it in this way and then tee you up. I mean, because yeah. I always, I always make sure because you've obviously you had Denise Burris on earlier this year, which we appreciate. I mean, I, you know, I, I always say NADL and NBC and the foundation in, in, in together because they it's a it's a three legged okay. it's a three legged stool mm-hmm. and, it, and like I shared, each each organization has its own mission, but it, it, it ultimately all three. You know, we we have obviously formal missions that are you know written and documented and that we follow. But at the end of the day, if you're talking to somebody you know inside or outside our profession, bottom line is we're trying to elevate the role of dental technicians and ensure the businesses that employ dental technicians can be a profitable business and help ensure that patients have quality um, oral health care, work through dental clients, and so. At the end of the day, you know, we do that in a variety of ways. But if we if we accomplish those, really those two or three things, then we've met our mission, if you will. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, being a board member and now um, president of NADL, I mean, you see that that collaboration be, between all three boards. Um, we have the opportunity to all talk and all discuss and, and interrelate the various topics, whether it's NBC and certification um, or regulatory and uh, things that NADL deal with, as well as philanthropy through the foundation. So it, it's it, it really is that three-pronged approach or that the three-legged stool makes so much sense. And, and I think as an organization allows all three boards to, to function at a high level because you have so much input. So from such a diverse group of technicians, business people, that really allows topics to, to bubble up and, and really gel together in a sense so that you're able to accomplish mm-hmm. so much more. So it, it's really cool to see. And all three boards are really close. I mean, there's definitely collaboration and you've got your technicians who are business people and you have your technicians that are just technicians and you've got your business people and those three minds all put together. You know, I've seen a lot, a lot of things that we've done and we've made a huge difference in the industry. I echo that. And my time on the board has been extremely rewarding uh, and I've seen a lot of really good things happen. And yes, especially with Denise and all of the people that I've met and, you know, being involved in the foundation uh, you know, it's 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 been amazing. And now Elvis is on the board. So the only trouble ahead. <laughs> well, once I found out I wasn't getting paid, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't hear. How many labs are members of the NADL? Is it up? Is it down? Yeah, it's um, effectively uh, we're we've been hovering around a thousand dental labs for the last several years that are laboratory members because we've got uh, you know, additional membership categories for educational institutions, components, as I mentioned, for regional and state dental lab associations. And then we have a uh, supplier category, obviously, and then uh, a tech, an individual technician membership category within NADL as the trade association itself. I mean, I think reality is, as we all know, for, with consolidation, our prospect pool, if you will, is shrinking. Mm-hmm. But our, our retention has generally been pretty high. I mean, I, really, the only thing I think that's affected clearly our retention is obviously, you know, people retiring and or, you know, the merger and acquisition activity. And But in many cases, even though 
you know, a, you know, a laboratory may be acquired by somebody else. In most cases, that laboratory, if they're acquired, remains a laboratory member because the new ownership, if you will, especially if it's a conglomerate, tend to roll those in and maintain their membership. So, I mean, it's, that's why we've, in spite of some of the consolidation, been able to hold our retention pretty well. Our new member growth, definitely, we would love to continue to grow. There's still you know, thousands of labs that don't belong that should. And I always look at what's happened out in the state marketplace. You know, and Elvis, you've done a lot with Indiana and Barb's done a lot in Florida and Bob's done a lot with regional boards. For some reason, you know, the dental laboratory community, from a percentage standpoint, they're, you know, they're just, they're really not joiners. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at other types of professions or industries in terms of market penetration. And so we see that, unfortunately, at the state standpoint too, an average state association probably is between 20 and 50 members better than not having one at all. But, you know, I just, it, it, it does prove the point numbers count. And when you have a, a, a broader membership, you can be successful with a small passionate group, but when you've got, you know, a strong market share, you know, whether it's at the state level or a national level, you can, you can definitely move mountains faster. Yeah. We're continuing to strive, you know, to grow their membership and but also ensure that we're delivering value. You know, we have to prove our value, which we understand that's our job, and we got to tell our story. So we've got a, a membership task force working on some things going into next year. The boards looked at a, you know, kind of marketing and branding initiative last year to basically make sure that we're delivering the right things to the right people. We're cognizant that it's our job to sell what we do and prove our value every year. People don't write a check just because it feels good. You, you got to get some ROI. So you know, that's that's our job, both as staff and volunteers, to continually to make sure people out in the grassroots understand what we what we stand for and what kind of resources we can provide. On the laboratory side, you know, I look at it, the majority of our laboratory members are still small businesses in, in the terms of, you know, less than 10 employees. And most of our benefits, quite frankly, are geared for that size business, you know, in terms of allied partnerships that we have with like UPS and credit collections and human resource options. So that that's really where we gear the majority of our, what I call our service benefits are, for, are really for the small laboratory. And, um, and to Barb's point earlier, I mean, our boards are pretty good representation, especially when you look at all three boards, good cross-representation of each segment of the market is at the table as it should be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that, that we're making sure that we're Hearing and listening to to everybody's needs because they're the, you know everybody based on business models size of business how long they've been in the business everybody has u- unique needs based on the cycle of where they are and can't be all things to all people but we definitely try to make sure that we are providing uh, universal things that benefit the majority of people. Yeah, and I definitely like to follow up to your point that you know we do. A big thanks to Bennett Napier and Bob Savage. I know I joked during the interview. But this board is made up of volunteers. We all know how much we work in our labs, stressful, long hours. But to have people who give up their free time to help our industry as a whole is how we're going to continue to succeed. As I always say, we are stronger together. And I think it puts a little bit of a window into what we do do and why we do it. Some of our listeners probably aren't as political as we are, and there's good good and bad to that. Not that I think it's bad, but... 
you know, it's some people's jam and it's not some people's jam, but I think it's a, it's really good content for people to see sort of kind of into what uh, we do. I ask that all labs that aren't members of the NADL to look into it and ask yourself why you're not. Get on the board and make a difference. Be active in your industry and help make it better for everyone. Speaking of the NA, the NA, NA, can't we just call it NEDL? <laughs> Speaking of the NADL, the Big Vision 21 meeting is happening January 16th to the 19th in Las Vegas. It's a meeting about business management. If you want to talk to some labs that are super successful and pick their brains, this is the place to do it. Not only that, but Barb and I will be there doing our first live recording. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> no, it won't air live, but we will be interviewing some attendees face-to-face and releasing them on future episodes. So check out nadl.org, register for the program, come and see Barb and I and record. Voila. Well said. Because the very next week after, mm-hmm. we will be doing our second live recording at an event called Voices of Dentistry in Phoenix. This is January 25th to the 26th. Voices of Dentistry is a meeting that is based around dental podcasting. <laughs> There's a lot of dentist-based podcasts out there. There's actually enough for a convention. So a ton of dentists and hopefully a few lab techs will be there to hear some great speakers about some interesting topics. What's cool is they have a whole room for podcasting. So just like Visions 21, Bob and I, Barb and I, and Bob... <coughs> <laughs> Barb and I will be there to interview the attendees. This is a great opportunity to get a dentist's perspective of the dental lab industry. Check out VoicesOfDentistry.com to learn more about this cool meeting. And if you know of any questions you want us to ask these dentists, send them to us at info at VoicesFromTheBench.com. That's all we got this week. Have a good one. All right. See you. Bye. I will try to mind my manners.